Good morning. It's great to be with you all again. So thankful to be here and get to celebrate. So I'm here on Celebration Week, so that's awesome. Um, and just just thankful again for the all the work that the, the Lord's doing through you and in you, and um, and just thankful to be part of it. So I'm glad that we get to open the Word together again this morning and hear what the Lord has to say to us. So this morning we're going to be in the book of John again, John 14. And we're reading um, verse 23 to 29. So Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now that I have told you this, and now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, we do come before you in celebration, God, for your work in and among us. And we do come to you, Lord, in the ways that we need you. Lord, we need your your justice and your mercy. And we say, come, Holy Spirit, and have mercy on us. We thank you that we get to do that together, that we're able to gather together and praise you and pray to you and hear your word. So just pray, God, that you would open your word to us today, that you would speak to us. We just need your presence with us, and we ask for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So this week, as I was thinking through this passage, it was a story um, from my life that, that came to mind um, from a time when I was uh, actually a freshman in college, and I had gone to college with the hope that my life was going to change significantly. I, um, I moved just an hour and a half away from home but across state lines. So I don't know, I guess in my mind, like if I cross state lines that things would drastically change. Um, and so that was kind of my expectation. Like I'm going to start over. Um, and the things that I've struggled with and the difficult relationships that I've dealt with are just going to kind of go away. And I won't have to deal with that anymore. As you can imagine, that didn't happen the way that I thought it was, that I thought it would. Um, I... I moved to college um, and found that those same things that had been bothering me, those same, same things that were, I was struggling with, were still there. Um, and it, it didn't change the way that I'd hoped it would. 
and I felt a lot of despair in that because I was kind of out of out of options, out of choices. Like, well, I've done the most drastic thing I can think of to to kind of fix things, fix my life, um, and it doesn't seem to be working. And so um, it was really hard. And on a particularly hard day, I was walking to class. I was on the second floor of one of the classroom buildings. And I was literally like steps away from walking into the classroom. Um, and for whatever reason, I decided to look up. And when I looked up, I saw my dad walking down the hallway toward me. And I was very confused for a minute. And then when I realized, wait, that's my dad walking toward me, I ran to him and I hugged him and I started crying. Because, like, you know, it wasn't a common occurrence for me to see my dad. <laughs> First time I'd ever seen him there. Um, and he'd driven for an hour and a half to, to school to find me. And I remember asking him, I was like, how in the world did you find me? And he said, I prayed and I asked the Lord to show me where you were. And this is the first place, place that I looked. That moment felt like a glimmer of hope for me in a time where I didn't feel a lot of hope. That even though I was going through a rough time, there was hope because my dad was there and that he'd come looking for me. And it didn't like wave a magic wand and, and fix all of the things I was going through, but it still it gave me a picture of, of something else, of a reality uh, beyond my current circumstances, something outside of what I was living in at that moment that I could look to in the midst of difficulty. It felt like hope. And so I thought about this story as I was sitting with this passage today from John. When, jo when Jesus is um, sitting with his disciples, they're in the midst of the Passover meal, what, is the, the, we come, what we come to know as the Last Supper. And I don't know if the disciples had really started to process the fact that this was their Last Supper with Jesus, at least in that, his current iteration. Um, but that's what it was, and Jesus knew that's what it was. And so they're having a conversation, because Jesus is telling them that he's about to leave. And I'm sure they're, like, trying to make sense of all of it. Like, how in the world um, is that, like, is this all of this going to happen? And it's, it feels like a, like a intimate moment that we get to step into, this moment where the disciples are asking Jesus questions and he's responding to them, just as they sit around the table eating. It's like a, something that we don't see very much in the Gospels, and yet we get to, like, kind of have a window in to this moment. And it feels like a very caring moment on Jesus' part for his disciples, that he wants them to know what to expect and even says, like, I want, I want to tell you what, what's coming so that when it happens, you're not surprised and therefore you're able to believe because he knows that they're not really ready for what's about to come and he, so he wants to prepare them as best as he can. Like, he's trying to figure out, like, what are the essentials that I really want you to know and to share with you? What, what is it that I re he really wants them to remember? And so he wants to say the important things to cover what really matters most because he knows that things are about to get pretty scary, really scary. Things are about to be very uncertain. It's going down a path that they may or may not really be ready for. 
And it's going to be different for them because Jesus is not going to be there with them. But what he wants them to remember is that it's not the end of the story. And that he's pointing to a reality that's beyond the current moment. What he's doing at that moment is pointing to hope. He's saying what what you need most um, is for hope to come walking in the door. Just like with my dad when he came walking in the door. That that's what they need the most. But why? Like, what is so important about hope? So I I heard a friend say just a few weeks ago something that to me was very prophetic. And what she said was um, this. She said, we defy evil by having hope. Now, this is a woman who I've been sitting in a story group with on the, on, at Trinity on the West Side. We've been having these story groups for a couple years now. And what we do is we sit in a group together and we share um, pain, a painful story from our past that we want to invite the Lord into and see what kind of healing and redemption can come from that. And so this group of, a small group of women and I have been sitting together. And this woman, this particular woman, has dealt with trauma upon trauma upon trauma in her life. Um, more than most of us could even imagine. And so in the midst of our time together, we had invited everyone to kind of sit in, in the presence of Jesus with their story. And so she had done that, and she came back and she said to us, this is what I feel like the Lord said to me. And I don't even know that I totally understand it, but what he said to me is, we defy evil by having hope. And we all sat there and were like, whoa, hold on. Like that, that feels like something we need to pay attention to. And I told her, I was like, say it again. And she said, we defy evil by having hope. And I think that's what Jesus is doing in this moment with his disciples. That he's staring in the face of evil. He knows that the cross and that death is coming. And even, even more than necessarily those things, he's also like staring into the face of the fall. Of the evil of the world. And he's speaking hope to his disciples. So let's go back to the beginning of the story for a minute, all the way back to Genesis, um, and talk about what's happened, right? So we have creation. We have this perfect creation where um, the people of God, these two humans, these new humans, live in the garden with the Lord, and they have uninterrupted, unfettered access to the presence of God. And because of that, there's this sense of what the Hebrews call shalom or peace or well-being or wholeness, not brokenness that we know today, but wholeness, shalom, peace. But what happens, and we don't even get two chapters in, barely two chapters into the story, when all, all of that falls apart, right? And so sin enters the world through the first humans, and what happens The people have to leave the place that they're in. They have to leave the garden. And because of that, they also have to leave the presence of God. So they don't have access to God's presence like they did before. And what happens is this great sense of brokenness and pain enters the world known as sin. And the peace, therefore, the wholeness that we know is gone. This is not lost on us because it's the reality that we all face every day, right? A lack of place, 
or a lack of presence or a lack of peace. And so what I think Jesus is doing in this moment with his disciples is he's looking at that reality, the reality of the fall, the reality of humanity, the things that they feel the deepest within them. And he's looking at those things and at his disciples and he's saying, when evil says that you don't have a true place to belong, Jesus says, I'm giving you a place. I'm giving you a home. I'm giving you a place of safety and security, of belonging. And so he says, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. He says before this, I will not leave you as orphans, but I'm preparing a place for you. This idea that God is with them and not even so much just with them in some kind of like easy, trite kind of way, but this sense of like a building, a creating, a sustaining way. We're going to have a home here. We're going to live together. We're going to do life together, is what he's saying. And it's going to be safe and secure. A place where you know where you belong. And therefore, a place where not like we're called in to be some kind of servants or get some kind of like, you know, second-class citizenship, but a place where we're called in to be sons and daughters of the Most High that we are his children, that we belong to him. That's what Jesus is saying to them and saying to us. He's saying, I'm giving you a place. Second of all, I think Jesus is saying to them that when evil says that you are all alone, he's saying, I'm giving you a presence. I'm giving you presence. He says, the Father will send the Advocate, the Spirit, in my name to teach you and remind you of all that I have said to you. Basically, you're not alone. And you don't have to figure all of this stuff out on your own. But I'm sending the Holy Spirit to be with you, to be a presence with you. And my presence will still be with you even if I'm not here in bodily form as I have been. And he's going to guide you along the way. He's going to be your advocate, your helper, your comforter, your teacher. You are not alone. You don't have to do this by yourself. I'm giving you presence, he says. And thirdly, he looks at the disciples and he's saying, when evil fills you with despair and anxiety, when all you can sense is your pain... I'm giving you peace, he says. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, he says. This sense of wholeness, well-being, a sense of shalom. That anxiety and worry and pain and depression don't get the last word. But Jesus says, I want you to have peace and wholeness, calmness and rest. Jesus says the hope that you have in defying evil is that you have a place where you belong, that you have presence in that I am always with you, and that you have peace and wholeness, and brokenness is not the end of your story. So when we think about these three things, place and presence and peace, we realize that the hope that Jesus is is telling them is that the reality is that it's through Jesus that all that was lost in the fall is being restored. All the brokenness of this world is being undone. 
that evil and brokenness do not get the final say. So I'm curious for you today, uh, when you think about your life and where you are right now, I mean, honestly, just all the craziness that we've been through, right? Just the ups and downs of um, just life and, and living through a pandemic and living through transition and hard, hard spaces. It's hard to feel hope. Like we prayed this morning, it's hard to look at the news and see what's happening in our world and feel a sense of hope. It just feels really broken. And I don't know about you, but I feel that brokenness in me, inside me too. It's like out there and it's in here and it just feels overwhelming. So I wonder if there's a place in your life that you need Jesus to walk in and bring hope into that you just need to see hope come through the door. It's interesting. I mentioned that story about my dad um, and, like, and you know, seeing him walking down the hall toward me. I'd kind of forgotten about that story because um, it happened a long time ago. Um, but just recently, well, actually in the last couple of years, I was praying at one point, and I was like, Lord, I just I need to see you. I need to see something of you that I haven't seen in a while, like just like something fresh, you know, like show me who you are. Um, And in that moment, that image of my dad walking down the hallway came to me. And it was like the Lord saying to me, this is me. I'm coming to find you. You don't have to do it by yourself. But I'm looking for you. I know where you are. And the hope in that, that I had a place to belong with him, that I had the sense of his presence, and that he was coming to bring his peace, really stuck with me. And so I ask you, like, where do you need hope to walk in the room right now? Maybe you're not sure where your place is. Maybe you don't feel a sense of security or safety belonging and it just feels really tiring and discouraging like you keep kind of looking for it and you can't find it could there be an invitation from the Lord there could there be hope in the Lord there I pray so that your place is with him maybe you just feel really alone I think so many of us have been separated from each other and like bodily but also just like relationally Things feel fractured, and we just feel lonely, I think. And it's hard to believe that someone really sees us or understands where we are or what we're feeling. Could Jesus come into that space this morning and give you hope to say, I see you, and I understand, I know you, and I love you? Maybe you're just you're filled with anxiety and fear just because of all the things that are around us that don't make sense. And you just want to know a sense of peace, that brokenness is not the last word, that there's more to this life than just being feeling broken and feeling our sense of pain. And I wonder if you'd be willing to ask the Lord to come into that space and say, will you make me whole again? Will you bring me peace So we can ask the Lord to meet us in our current moment because we know that this moment is not the end of the story. That Jesus is, when he's speaking to his disciples and offering them hope, it's this sense of like 
this is coming, like there's the, there's the already, and then there's the not yet. And so we live in the already, the sense that the Holy Spirit is available to us, and God is working in us, and yet we also know that there's the not yet part, the part that is coming, and that's where our true hope lies. And so we can look at that part together this morning just as a sense of like a way of defying evil is to look forward and to say, what is the true restoration going to look like? And so let's look at Revelation 21 together. And as an act of hope and an act of defiance, let's read it. So then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. It's place, a new place, a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem. And the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his peoples, and God himself will be with them. Presence. God himself will be with them. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death will be no more, and mourning and crying and pain will be no more, because there will be peace. There will be wholeness. For the first things have passed away. And the one who is seated on the throne said, See? I am making all things new, defying evil. I am making all things new. Jesus says that he is telling us all of these things so that we might have faith and we might believe in something that may not feel like a reality to us yet, something that's not a reality fully to us yet. For whatever it is that you are facing today, Would you be willing to put that before the Lord as a gesture of faith, like my friend did, putting her pain and her story in front of the Lord and asking the Lord to give you hope in the midst of it? What would that look like for you? To find hope in the midst of what feels hopeless or what seems like there's not a way forward. Would you be willing to defy evil by having hope that Jesus wants to meet you in that place today? Lord God, we pray that you would look would, that we would look up and see hope walk into the room. That we would see you walk into the room, Lord. May you give us the eyes to see you, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, friends. This is Matthew, the lead pastor at Emmanuel Anglican Church in East Atlanta. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We are disciples of Jesus who are seeking his kingdom and the flourishing of our neighbors. And if you want to find out more about Emmanuel and what's going on, just hop over to our website. The address is Emmanuel, that's with an I, EmmanuelATL.org. Thanks so much. God bless you. Grace and peace.